Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the New Millennials Podcast. This is your boy, Randy. Ryan's back for this episode, and we're going to talk about a lot of cool things and catch up on uh, many of the topics that we planned to in previous episodes. Topics include the Grammys, Royal Rumble, Mel Kuyper, and many other things that uh, me and him missed talking about the last couple of weeks. Hope you enjoy. Hey Ryan, it's nice to have you back. How's it going? Uh, all is well. All is well. I say we get right to it. So the Grammys, shoot it. What do you think about it? I personally didn't watch it yesterday because I was. Oh, oh my god! <clears throat> the Grammys, so close to being for the people. You just saw the nominees list, and you're be like, wow, this I actually might watch. You turn it on, it's the same bubbly mainstream pop crap that eats away at the music industry year after year. This Grammy was probably one of the lowest rated in a long time. It hit its all-time low. 24% less people watched this year's Grammys than last year's. Because they didn't want to see Bruno Mars win 20 fucking awards the same bubbly pop album that like 20 fucking people ghostwritten on. It's it's all just a travesty to me. Like here we had an opportunity. Here the society, the industry had an opportunity to tell itself like, hey, uh, we give a damn about African Americans. We give a damn about people who were sexually assaulted lessons. But no, 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 no. Very few portions of that show was actually dedicated to the culture beyond what you usually see from a top 40 station, okay? I mean, it's just like they tried very hard to be for the people. One example of this is when they were introducing SZA. They just, they just referred to her as an artist from right across the George Washington Bridge. She is from Maplewood. Maplewood is not by the George Washington Bridge. Okay, he's maybe like 30, 45 minutes away. So geographically, they're out of touch. They're out of touch with what people want. We didn't want to see anymore Hillary Clinton. We didn't. And Wait, I, I she think was on there? she made a cameo appearance during a segment. God. Oh, my God. All right. And then on top of that, I mean, James Corden, he was a decent host, but I felt like Dave Chappelle should have took that spot. And I only say that because I guess his little... Uh, I had to say, the segment that he did with Kendrick <laughs> really brought a lot of comedic relief to a, I would honestly say, a very serious and fiery album. That a lot of people slept on. Obviously, the people who voted for the nominees slept on, okay? On the main show, only one female won. And that one female was for Best New Artist. And she dropped an album three years ago, Randy. Three years ago. Best New Artist. Wow. Whoever scissor, okay. Album of the year was it, it's a steal. Record of the year, a steal. All this was snubbed again and again and again, and they see why people have such a negative connotation of the grand. But you know what? It's hypocrisy because the same people they'll tune into the top forty stations, they'll bang up Bruno Mars, and they'll t- they'll tell them how much they love his music, but then they hate when people like him win awards. You're only fueling. Your own shooting of the foot whenever you're listening to pop music, whenever you're listening to top 40, because that's what wins the Grammys. Top 40, whatever makes the most money. 
And boy, did that guy who's running the uh the I guess the um the organization had some nerve to come out on the record and say that women gotta try harder. Are you kidding me? You had a freaking sexual assault victim oh. on stage pour pour her heart out in a very memorable performance. Legend. You had somebody out there representing the dreamers. You had somebody out there representing New Jersey. I mean, the only person from New Jersey who won a fuck in the world last night was James Murphy. But then that wasn't aired. Nobody cares about rock music anymore. Nobody cares about dance music. It's all about pop. I do. I care about rock music and pop. I'm, in pop, regards to the, I guess I'm, I guess in regards to the Grammy Association, it was a snub. It was a fluke. The hometown boy didn't win anything. He just got camera time. Jay-Z. I heard Bonnie Vere had a lot of stuff to say about it as well. Oh, yeah. He had a whole lot of stuff to say. He spoke for everybody who actually listens to real music. Wow. Wow, that's a whole lot of uh, heart and soul you poured out there, huh? Yeah, I remember you uh, texted me this morning. You were like, dude, put me on a podcast today. I need to let it all out. It was the worst. Grammys. Look, I'm going to read you the headlines from... All the music publications that I'm, I'm looking at right now. Pitchfork. The Grammys. This shithole again. Wow. It's <laughs> like the concert festival, concert festival lineup this year. You know, the same people doing every uh, festival. <laughs> <laughs> All right. NPR. Kendrick Lamar's biggest fan. Same old rap. The Grammys race towards irrelevance. Wow. USA Today. Music's biggest night. They do eight grand. Ten out of eighteen grams are an all-out touch embarrassment. Like, and these are liberal media outlets. No, 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 no. We're not going there. We're not going there. You mentioned Pitchfork. What's liberal about Pitchfork? Hmm. Spin has probably one of the greatest reprimands for the Grammys. I was reading a little bit of it today. I mean, it's whole page is slapped on with Bonnie Bear's response. <laughs> oh Lord, she declined to perform last night because she didn't want to be. She wanted to have her own time, and she should have had her own goddamn time. You know how many times Sting showed up? Sting hasn't put out any music in decades. Decades. Sting. Sting. The wrestler. No, the musician. I know what you mean. I know. I know. I know what you mean. Sting. The police. Feels a gold. Yeah, I know. I know you're talking about. Yes, the legendary Sting, not the wrestler. <laughs> Speaking of wrestling, I was having a great time watching Royal Rumble instead of watching the Grammys. I like that, and I, you know, didn't really want to worry about I'm it. Here, but, um, I'm not here to. I'm not here to talk about wrestling. I'm here to talk about how much more work the music industry needs to do. <laughs> they don't appreciate uh, Daniel Caesar. Daniel fucking Caesar was beating over Bruno Mars. Caesar was beating over Bru- an entire lineup of more talented artists. And you can see that I'm like this dude. I'm telling you, Daniel Caesar. This guy was like out of came out of nowhere with his music in the last year. Dude sells like his tickets for his tour were like two hundred dollars on freaking StubHub. Up and coming artists, two hundred dollar tickets on StubHub for shows on his tour. He's going to be the biggest draw at Coachella. I guarantee it. And Bruno Mars. Bruno freaking Mars. Well, not to, not to you know, go against what you're saying, but maybe
maybe it was about the money. I mean, when Bruno Mars was down here in Phoenix, he sold out the Talking Stick Arena downtown. And not a lot of people sell out that arena because Phoenix is dry as fuck. Not only the um weather, but the people when it comes to musical taste. Bruno Mars sold out Talking Stick, you know. I guess is you know, I guess they accounted for um concert sales or um record sales as well. You never know, you know. You know, they're probably all about the money, you feel me? And that's the problem. It's all about the money, but there's not a lot of quality in the music. And we need to stop investing in this shit. We tell, we tell everybody all the time, well, uh, music is so touching to me. Music makes an impact on my life. What does fucking 24 carats have to do with what's going on in your life? Everybody who's not made a record a year, an album of the year, their music had an impact, some sort of social impact. Words album, Jay-Z's album, Charles Gambino's album. You're telling me Bruno Mars? He's basically the he's basically a mulatto Taylor Swift. He avoids politics. He avoids what's going on in society. He doesn't give a damn about what's going on in your life. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's a good guy. I saw the 60 Mix piece on him last year. But as a musician, as a talent, he is out of touch with his fans. Correction, he is out of touch with society. I mean, look at me. Don't let me get started on Logic. Oh, man. I mean, oh, I, I just thought of something. Did you see Logic's performance after the In Memoriam that came on at the end of the show? It's just I ironic not, enough. I did not watch the game. I, ironic, ironic enough. They did a Tom Petty tribute, which is pretty touching. It was lovely. Then they had, you know how they do all the, the slideshow of all the people who passed on in the last year? And then there's some people let that, and there's some people that, wait, wait, there's some people that show up guess. there that you're like, oh, yeah, that guy died. I forgot, huh? Let me guess. The last two people was Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington. The last one is Chester Bennington. And you know who came on after Chester Bennington came up? Fucking Logic with his Suicide Hotline song. Now, oh yeah, he's coming, he's going to Asia crazy over a Suicide Hotline song. But here's the thing. Has Logic donated a fucking dollar from that Suicide Hotline song that he's making so much money off of right now and he brags and pushes and he pimps out like a freaking prostitute all over the, all over social media? How much oh. of that money is really going to suicide prevention? We understand that the did title. You, you I, we understand that the title of the song is his suicide hotline number. I did my research. None of the freaking money that he's making off of this song is going to suicide prevention. Yet you have a freaking three-year-old best new artist who's been up and coming for like a, five years now, and the Cusa of 2017 featured. And you're telling me that he deserves a performance for that track? Oh, because it's touching. It's all just corporate. Scumbag crap. They don't give a damn. They're just counting the dollar bills. I've never seen somebody so boastful and bragging once they make it in the in like in the industry. Logic was really, really good before I don't know, the first two months after his album. It just got really annoying. Like, yo, dude. I like Kendrick and you know what? I like people like Kendrick. I like people like Sis. I like people like Caesar. I like people like James Murphy, because you know what? They care more about their music and less about what they're putting out on the internet. They don't give a damn about tweeting. They don't give a damn about their Facebook likes and their engagements. They don't give a damn about who goes to their show. Some artists give more of a damn to the point to where they don't want you having your goddamn phones out when you're performing. I.e. Jack White just pulled a James Murphy and not his entire tour. His entire freaking tour. <laughs> your phone well, goes in the damn yard. Charles Gambino. Charles Gambino and Dave Chappelle oh. invented that. They invented that. They invented the yonder. At least they popularized the yonder. All right, Ryan. 
Got yourself a little breath there. Yeah, um, I didn't finish my rant, but I won't go too much on to it. But uh, just to clarify any misconceptions I may have portrayed to viewers, I have nothing against a song being written about suicide prevention. My argument, but the viewers obviously might have a different set of optics than you and I. Can I finish? Can I finish? Okay. All right. My my disdain and my rant for the song comes from the fact that you have an artist who is making money off of something that promotes social change that's supposed to make a difference for others and has not put a single penny into the cause. That's where my disdain is coming from. It's coming from somebody who constantly boasts and brags about making a song about suicide prevention, but nothing is done beyond it. It's just words to me. The song itself, it's touching. I've read the lyrics. I've heard it many, many times. Not on a radio, but on other people's radios. On many different Lyft rides I've been on with other Lyft drivers. And let's say at the end of the day, I am a Lyft driver. I'm saying, if they're playing pop music, they're a terrible driver. <laughs> they're just keeping it safe. That's all there is to it. No, I play and sports in, on my Lyft rides. In the meantime, I'm reading an article from the Incept, Intercept, and I'm reading an article from the Daily Wire. This article that I'm reading from the Daily Wire is about a movie that came out about the, uh, about, I guess, uh, shoot, what was it called? It's that movie about the uh, the soldiers who were on the horses in Afghanistan fighting the Taliban after 9-11. The article that they're trying to rebuttal is from a war reporter. A civilian is trying to rebuttal an article about a war, a war reporter writes about a movie that he finds it's out of touch with the current state of society. He's saying that a lot of these masculinity movies don't truly portray what really goes on in the battlefield, battlefield and they're just easy money makers and easy attention grabbers for people who dearly respect our service members. And these people get so wrapped up and upset when somebody has just the slightest, the slightest little negative review about it. And I'm reading this article, I'm like, yo, I mean, this dude, he's been there. He's been out there. He's entitled to his opinion, even if he wasn't. But I just think that uh, some people on the other side just need to understand why others feel the way they do. And I'm a, I, I like Ben Shapiro, but sometimes I just question why he has a site that just that just sort of ma- manipulates the mindset of other people. But that's a different topic for another day. Anyway, you wanted to talk about wrestling? Wrestling. Have you been watching lately? No, I have not. When's the last time you watched? When was the last time you were here? And I was here at the same time. Wow, it's like almost more, a little bit more than a year ago. Well, instead of watching the Grammys and basically uh, being stressed out about, you know, stuff I can't control, I was enjoying possibly the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. Let me tell you, even the singles matches were good. Um, gosh, I can't even start. The Brock Lesnar match, yeah, we knew that was going to happen. Um, what else happened here? Oh, you know, let me just go straight to Gecko. That world number match was not disappointing. Remember a few years ago how 
Everybody expected Daniel Bryan to come out, but Roman Reigns came out at number 30, and everybody just booed. <laughs> so, at number 27 or 28, Roman Reigns came out. I was like, okay, the Rumble was saved. But before him, somebody else came out that I didn't even see on the dirt sheets or had any idea he was back at the company. Guess who it was? Who was it? The other guy that they booed one year for coming in at number 30, Rey Mysterio. What, he made a cameo appearance last night? Yeah, he was in the Rumble. And um, Hurricane was in there, too. Now, the reason why there's significance because... Weren't they both, like, uh, on different promotions? Not only that. They're cruiser- did Rey Mysterio kill a man? He did, but we're not going to talk about that. They're both cruiserweights. And tomorrow, you know the 205 Live stuff they're doing, that show for the cruiserweights? That's doing Let me pretty guess. well. Let me guess. They're making an appearance. No. They're, one of those guys is going to be the GM of 205 Live. They're making an appearance. No, one of them is going to be a GM, though. Someone's going to be working full-time at the company. Just like how they brought back Jonathan Coachman at the get-go. So, I found that pretty cool. And everything was perfect, except number 30, which was Dolph Ziggler. And we all expect, we thought Dale O'Brien was going to come out, you know. I thought they cleared him in the concussion protocol, but, you know, I just hate Dolph Ziggler's a talented wrestler. It's just, you know, his gimmick's very bad. It's just, ugh. But anyway, um, it went well because uh, Shinsu Nakamura was the one who won. And it's so funny because everybody wants to see him go against AJ Styles. It's like, well, they, they had a decent, they had a decent uh, champion now in wrestling. AJ Styles is the um, champion right now. And the wow. other champion is Brock Lesnar, but Brock Lesnar's not there every week. And it's cool because we can see Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles, like, you know, back in the day in Japan. It's amazing. So that's going to be the main event at WrestleMania. And um, I don't know what they're going to do for the Universal title on Raw. It's probably going to be Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar because they had an Elimination Chamber qualifying matches today on Raw. And... <laughs> Braun Strowman every week is destroying something. Tips over trucks, tips over sets, about to kill somebody. You know what he did this week, Ryan? Braun Strowman? Yep, you know what he did? I'm not going to give you Well, Kane's that guy now, and you know how they have the analysis table, not next to the ring, but at the side of the ramp? I haven't been watching. I don't know. Tip that over on Kane. Now, Coachman and Graves and Cole look so awkward sitting in where because it's so close to the ring because, you know, they have it far away from the ring now. So I find that kind of funny. Um, anyway, the Women's World Mumble match did not disappoint. That was possibly the greatest debut of a match ever. And they had the Legends come out. They had Trish Stratus, Michelle McCool, Jazz. Molly Holly, who surprisingly did well. Molly Holly so well. is still yeah. in the league. Dude, she's really, really good. Really, really good. She looks better now than she did 20 years ago. It was insane. That's what healthy eating does. Well, she's in her early 40s. She started wrestling when she was like 17. <laughs> yeah, true story. Yeah. And um, Lita, it was great, but she stayed. I don't know. I don't know what was up with her. I don't know if she was high. I don't know if she was drunk. 
I don't know what was up. She just didn't look too good, and it disappointed me. I was like, is she okay? Like, she's going to pass out. And she was just moving all over the place and stuff. She had a Time's Up um, thing on her ring attire, and I was like, yo, is she good? She don't look too good. And I was texting my friend Ron. You know, how, you know how the WWE yeah. can practice time's up? Right. Wait, 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 wait. wait. We, we'll get to that in a moment. I was telling him, like, yo, do you notice? And he was like, dude, I was enjoying the match. I don't even care how bad Lena looks. So <laughs> I found that kind of funny. And number 30, I really thought it was going to be Ronda Rousey. It was Trish Stratus. And I felt really bad because it was so good to see Trish Stratus. But at the same time, it was like. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. What? Trish Stratus came out as number 30 for the Women's Royal Rumble. Trish Stratus yeah. came out and wrestled? She was good, too. She was really, really good. Like, half the ladies in the Royal Rumble have kids, and they were performing better than they were, like, years ago. Amazing. And Wow. Of course, they put Asuka over because, I mean, let's be honest here. She's undefeated. But it was funny because during the match, <laughs> they had, they had Stephanie McMahon commentating. And while they were trying to throw Asuka over the rope, she was like, oh, Asuka's going over. And I said to myself, oh, she just spelled the match. <laughs> she said Asuka was going over. Get it? So... I think it was Sasha Banks she eliminated. No, not Sasha Banks. The Bella Twins she eliminated. Then, you know, it was a good celebration. I wish they had confetti. Wow. That was pretty cool. Lita had, like, times up, like, on her, like, on her attire. Like, <laughs> and she, she was – and I don't like judging wrestlers. I don't want to say wrestlers suck because I don't wrestle. Like, I have friends who are wrestlers back in Orlando, and they always told me, you know, you can't say somebody sucks if you don't wrestle. So I, I'm not gonna say somebody sucks. She just didn't look too good. Or can we watch? Um, can we talk? Can we talk about a wrestling show that I actually watch? Wait, let me let me finish. I'm not done my Royal Rumble story here. Right, go ahead. Then, then uh, you Vicky hit. Guerrero came out. Yes, she did. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching some highlights here. That's just, that's wow. Yeah, my girlfriend told me that she actually lives here as well. I thought it was pretty. She looks like that. Can I speak to your manager type? She does. She does. Anyway, wait. Let me finish now. Champion. This title is really the world. Um. Jet. I think that's the end of the song. Uh, and the camera pans over to the Titan Tron for a second, and all you see is. Alright, I know what we're going at. So the glitches. One minute later, you see Ronda Rousey just come out, and she looks good. I told my girlfriend this too. I was like, I'm sorry, but she looks good. And she was all smiling. She had Roddy, Roddy, Roddy Piper's coat on, his actual coat. Big smile on her face, and I was like, "Job." I would, I would be too if I just got three mil to work out and and learn acrobatics. Shit. Well, she already knows how to, you know, hit. All she has to do is sell it without, you know, actually shooting. Hurting people. She's a full. She's the first UFC fighter to get into wrestling, wrestling for a female, but she's not the first female cage fighter and let me tell you it's going to be interesting when she shoots or accidentally hurts 
and see her. I mean, women's wrestling has gotten better the last three years. Now it's like a whole new step now, you know? And it's like, what if they put her against Asuka? Like, Asuka's undefeated. <laughs> they put her against Ronda Rousey. They put a strap over Ronda Rousey. And I'm like, yo. And I feel bad for whoever Car- Carmella has to go against for that title because now the bar is raised. Shout out her on Money in the Bank briefcase. Speaking of Carmella, I thought Big Cass would come back yesterday, but, you know, it is what it is. So... So what was that wrestling show you went to? You know, have you heard of a show called Glow on Netflix? That is actually a really good show. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. You should so watch it. Do you know where Chavo Guerrero has been? He's, like, he's basically, like, the, the trainer on that show, like, behind-the-scenes trainer. Um, and then you have a whole bunch of wrestlers from, like, way back when, or at least specifically from our childhood, who makes a lot of really – Subtle and very healthy cameo appearances. I use the word healthy loosely because they don't make it about them. They make it about the actresses who are portraying wrestlers from like the mid-80s. Carlito was on there. Brutus Clay is on there. Christopher wow. Daniels is on there. Alex Riley's on there. They had a whole bunch of indie wrestlers on there, bro. Oh, like yeah. It's a very decently produced wrestling comedy. And it's like, yo, like this is... Better than watching two hours of SmackDown or three hours of Raw each oh, week. Like, this yeah, is a nail-biting freaking yeah. show. I don't care. I do not care. I'd rather, watch, I'd rather watch something produced by the people who brought you Orange is a News Black than Miss Vince McMahon's over-commercialized, Michael Cole-saturized horseshit of a wrestling weekly program. I'm so sorry. I'm being so honest with you. The WWE, and then this is why I just do my crazy little rants. This is what the WWE needs to do to really like renew their image and really grow back on those who really give a damn about wrestling. Number one, stop buying out wrestlers from other promotions. There needs to be a competition. The WWE is a freaking monopoly. It is not healthy for anybody. It takes a lot of value away from the industry. Number two, Give Michael Cole less artistic direction. He kind of sort of saturates the show with just the most dullest commentary, the dullest writing strategies you could ever think of in, like, scripted entertainment, if you will, because that's exactly what wrestling is. Number three, stop being so freak. You know, some people, they do some real honorable things, and then they to scoop down to something that's less than what they should be. And that's what Michael Cole has done with his time at the WWE. So they need to really reduce his role in creative and reduce his role in commentary and put somebody like, I see what they saw. I saw what they did with Michael Coachman, but they need to do more than that. They need to do a whole lot more than that. Put somebody else there who's more exciting to listen to. They, they lost Rich Brennan. They lost the guy. I think he's doing Showtime now. I guess the other guy, Mario, whatever his name is. Oh, Mario. Is, oh, no, he's on He's on NXT. He came back? Oh, he's okay. Now, I guess NXT is worth watching. Okay, well, anyway. always been watching. Well, literally, yes, it is. It's a matter of time, the, so... And here's where I get this from, though. I listened to um, Busted Open. It's a show that's on Sirius XM Rush with Bully Ray, now the Hall of Famer Bully Ray. Other guys. And, like, 
for some reason, he always says, NXT should be their own brand and get straight away from the day they eat. Stay far away from the day they eat. Stay far, far away. I still watch Impact. I was surprised to see that freaking EC3 just popped out of nowhere. I was like, whoa, no. Please keep them in NXT. Keep them there for as long as you possibly can. Because at the end of the day, the only wrestlers worth watching on the main shows are NXT superstars. NXT Our is NXT like Superstar. early 2000 SmackDown is so good. Like, you know what? Yeah. That's the thing too. But they play too safe. I don't, I'm not telling you to bring back all the blood, to bring back all the sex, but make it a little bit more uh, appealing to the 18 to 35 crowd. Stop appealing to kids. Really, seriously, stop appealing to freaking kids. If you're gonna appeal to kids, appeal to like the 13 and over crowd. Maybe even a little higher than that, 16 and over. It's so watered down and so politically correct. For a show or for an organization that's owned by a guy whose wife works for Trump. It's the most politically correct thing on television. I swear yeah. to you. I Look, swear to you. I am going there. I am going there. No, I, 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 don't listen, I don't listen to your Jalen and Jacoby ripoff. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, though, I said that because I remember when Vince was like, and their XFL, there's no politics. And I'm like, That's the thing, too. Why? Why? The XFL, people want to bring it back because they saw what it was back then. And this dude's going to water it down for what? He doesn't want to bring back, he doesn't even want to bring back the, uh, the nicknames on the jerseys. He's like, oh, he hate. I, I listened to the press conference the other day. I'm like, this guy is so on a leash. Who is he trying who is he trying to impress right now? Who is his who is his investors? I mean, let me guess. Jerry Jones. Little Mr. Okay. I'm a kneel and smile before the anthem and defeat the purpose of why players are kneeling for the anthem. That, That's one of his angel investors. That happened here, actually. That did? Yeah, it happened to uh, the Cardinals game, yeah. A lot of shit happened in Arizona, huh? It's a place to be. Oh, yeah, glory holes. Anyway, it's Come like... On. Why can he be? Why why dilute a product that can appeal to the masses? Can be a cult favorite like the XFL. The reason why that folded because it was poorly managed financially. And now, don't get me wrong. People, their hands too much hand it was, into it. And that too, it was a little too sexualized for modern times. Yes, we could understand that. You had a camera that went to the locker room during segments. Okay, you could change certain aspects of that, but don't just water it down and say good old family fun. Like, Jesus, Vince, I understand you're, like, in your golden years and you're going to die in, like, 10, 15 years' time. Well, I shouldn't oh, even say good, that. Though, he looks really good, though, for a 70-something-year-old. I know you're oh, getting close. Yeah. I know you're getting real close to the ropes right now, Vince, but you need to understand that your product needs to appeal and make a signified impact to society and on entertainment scale rather than water it down like your WWE product. Okay, and then the funny thing I like I, I noticed too is how he wants to separate the XFL, aka Alpha Entertainment, from the WWE. The WWE was promoting the fucking press conference on the social media pages. Trust me, you know how the McMahon's are. You know, you know their catchphrase. Never say never. Never say never. So I pray to God the XFL does not have any. Other attributes that really watered down world wrestling entertainment. Superstars who are not that big right now who played football, like Titus, 
hey, maybe if, you know, if Enzo didn't sexual assault that girl, he played football in high school and college. I mean, maybe he Hell, might they might just they might just they might just fucking take news from TNA and make him a freaking linebacker. It's like, yo, oh yeah. I hate how the WWE takes so much time for other reasons. Their roster is overpacked. They have too many acts on their roster, dude. How many people does WWE have between Raw and SmackDown? Two or five live. That social media show that they do that's ruining Renee Young's career right now. Can I pause right now? I'm breaking one of the rules that I set for. I'm currently watching Raw. I saw the funniest thing. Somebody has a flag that says Taz for Hall of Fame. <laughs> that is so yes. silly. Yes. The guy who made his Titan Trons to be in the Hall of Fame. Oh my god. I don't doubt it though. It's so, it's so 90s. It's just a whole bunch of him just walking around in circles. Oh man. <laughs> If you haven't seen Taz's Titan Tron from like the late nineties, early two thousands, I encourage you to go on YouTube and find it. Oh man. So tiny, he's a little tiny guy. A really buff guy. He's like a D Malenka over Tan. <laughs> Fatter. Oh man. So real quick, um that thing I texted you earlier about Mel Kiper. Only found three sources and they don't look credible. But I still want to do this story because it's just so funny because it involves Bell Kuyper, you know? What did the 13 from uh, Taz's Titan Tron stand for again? I forgot. I forgot. I'm sorry, but back to Mel Kuyper. Yo, that dude, he gets paid six figures to be on TV for just two to three months. And just completes the spur other garbage. He disappears. After okay. April, he completely disappears. No, 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 I, I take that back. He gives you your, your your draft prospects for the next draft year, and then he just completely disappears. Maybe it's like a podcast that lasts two hours a year. Like, what does he do? He's like the Jimmy Moe's of ESPN. Oh, very God. minimal. Very oh, minimal. <laughs> and very minimal production to the organization after a certain amount of time. Just um. so like he's only useful for those off-color, women's school, unnecessary-ass segments that make people hate seeing it even more than they should. He just shows up for the draft, ding, 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 20,000 times, and he just disappears. He literally just disappears. Why is he always mad? I never get why he's always mad. Is that just his face? Oh, no, dude. I, it's just funny. No, it's I was talking, about the, I'm talking about the Taz Titan Tron. You're looking at oh, all right. Let's let's get back to Kuiper. So, an accusation was made by former NFL player Lawrence Jackson. This was on Twitter. Um, Mel Kuiper has greased pockets, according to Lawrence Jackson. That's why the big board always has some what names. Yeah, has some what names like some fat, some fucking flops, like freaking first round quarterbacks. Oh, right, 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 dude. I go to pack. I go to pack twelve school. Do not talk shit about my quarterbacks. How about Todd Mache? How do you feel about Todd Mache? He's all right. He's cool. Anyway, don't talk to you about my quarterbacks. I w- had the pleasure of seeing Sam Donald play here in Tempe. And if the Giants draft should be him. I haven't seen Rosen play. I don't, I don't think he's here. But anyway, um, 
Wait, I wasn't even talking about your quarter. I was talking about Jimmy Carlson. Yes. Yes. Anyway, let me just finish this tweet real quick. I had an agent promise to get me on top of his big board. <laughs> an agent? Yes, his agent. Now, I'm big board. going to read something off Fox this. Sports 1 or something? I guess. I'm going to read something off of this website called Sports Not. I haven't heard of this website. I don't know if it's credible, but again, this is funny because it involves Mel Kuyper. <laughs> so this is written by a guy named <laughs> anything with a guy, anything with a guy for blowback like Mel Kuyper is funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's written by Vincent Frank, and I quote from the article from Vincent Frank of Sport. I don't think this is credible. Conspiracy theory alert. That's a damning accusation <laughs> made against one of the best known names in NFL draft industry. He's only useful for three months. Back in 2008, Kuiper did not have Jackson as one of his top 25 prospects. So if Jackson's allegations are somehow true, it appears he indeed did not pay off the draft guru. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is from a website I've never heard of before. It might not be credible. It's just funny. All right. Anyway, awful announcing, just like me, wants to see Mel Kuyper retire because eight years ago, he said Jimmy Carlson wasn't going to be, if Jimmy Carlson's not a successful NFL quarterback, he'll retire. It is 2018, and he's not a successful NFL quarterback. So in the famous words of Charles Barkley, retire, retire. Oh, my God. (laughs) I can't. I can't. Oh, man. Second over. Okay, for the record, just before anybody kind of discredits my language, I'm just talking out of my butt right now for the comedic enjoyment of you guys, for the most part. I mean, other parts of it, I'm just trying to be as factual as possible with Dude, my language. this segment's almost 30 minutes. This is gold. <laughs> All right, we just got to cut out that you said cut the first time. I'm talking on my ass right now. No editing. This is yes, going all edit. going in. All right, Ryan. It's your least favorite part of the show. Oh, no. I was on my stand for Bavar Ball News. You can do it on your own. You don't want to listen to this, though? Nah. I listened to it on the uh, live recording. It was a pleasure joining you this evening. Take my first. advice on where you want to direct this show. Because, honestly, I see this as a very great instrument for us to bond with. I don't think oh, the God. whole... Uh, Let's take things seriously and do politics isn't for this uh, format. Well, actually, I do have two political articles I was just going to touch base with quickly. One being the spelling mistake on the uh, State of the Union ticket. And this is from the New York Post. But, I mean, that's, that's nothing new. But there's another interesting story about Sean Spicer. You heard about the interview he did today? He's still relevant. Well, he owned up to his mistakes. Um, you know, and this is from The Hill, but... Um, the Hill Mark... is probably in the middle of the, of the political bias spectrum. It's quite balanced. So I wouldn't... I would take their reporting quite quite seriously. Well, Not as serious think about as it, bro. But think about it, though. Seriously. Somebody from this administration is apologizing about something. 
I just want to put that out there. But yeah, no, nah, this is, uh, you know, the political landscape has been pretty interesting lately, but I've been away from that world for a while because I'm not currently taking classes right now, so I'm not actively into what's going on. But um, yeah, I, I like the way this podcast is going, not being solely based on politics. I could co-sign with you on that. But um, I'm going to do LeVar, LeVar Ball news on my own. Because I will not sell out like Bruno Mars. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, Randy. It's been a pleasure, too. So, moving on in LeVar Ball news. LeVar Ball. Steve Kerr is the Millie Vanilli of coaching, and coaching is easy, according to Dan Devine from Yahoo Sports. Seems like the LeVar Ball news cycle has not been interesting the past few days. Aside from the fact that, um, according to the same article, he coached the team his sons are on. Well, it seems like Big Ball is really popular in Europe. So he's just taking over that franchise one day at a time. So, I mean, I find that quite interesting. But I'm just going to keep it here, you know. I don't know why he's calling out Steve Kerr. But, um... Hopefully, if I do the segment next time, it's just going to be much more interesting. Lavar Ball, everybody. Steve Kerr is a Millie Vanilli of coaching. So for those who didn't get Lavar Ball's uh, Millie Vanilli quote, um, in summary, Millie Vanilli was a fraud of, of another artist who actually sang their songs and he took credit for it. So I guess what Lavar was saying is that... Um, Steve Kerr is a fraud for some reason. He's just taking credit for his team, I guess, or his assistant coaches. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know that. Anyway, um, this ends this uh, week's podcast. Um, I'd like to thank Ryan for actually coming on, you know, doing what he needed to do. Hope to have him more often. He's a really busy guy, as I said in episode two. Um, I don't know when the next podcast is going to happen, but, uh, again, you'll hear us every week somehow. Um, and, uh, yeah, great show, guys, great show. Um, follow us on New Mill Podcast on, uh, Instagram and, uh, Twitter, and, uh, we'll go for the next episode. See ya. Bye-bye.